preaching and exposes immodest dress on women that's as wicked as hell itself. I don't need to go to a, 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 a watch a burlesque show. I just go to some Baptist churches. Cover your bosom up, gal. Okay. Show up that slit in your skirt. You know, skinny jeans, you're not skinny. You're not. You're not. Somebody ought to get on with you. You know what you have to do? You have to lay on that bed and suck your gut in to get those pants on. And this is different from... Yeah. <laughs> Open the door, honey. I'm going shopping. <laughs> You'll get downtown Cleveland and pop that button and kill 13 people while you're standing there. <laughs> Somebody ought to get on top of a roof and take a video camera your rear end. Looks like a pair of hogs in a sack fighting. Oh, my gosh. You think you look like Farrah Fawcett? You look like Sarah Tubb. It's getting worse. Dresses cover a multitude of sins. So where are the women in the service? Preaching exposes the dirty, lustful minds of young men who fondle females as if they were Walmart merchandise. Preaching exposes lustful young females who tempt young men with, uh, with uh, uh, short dresses and slits and skinny pants and yoga pants. Yo yoga? Yoga? Man, you fly, I fly. You have to go like this to the airport. Man, she put her pantyhose on but forgot to put anything else on. You're spending so much time on this. And boy, I'll tell you, when you get these two-ton Tessies going like, like this, and that thing is just in the back's going like this, up and down. Man, if, if there is an EPA, and you're going to get your rear end tagged. Mm. I can't he do it anymore. thou dost protest too much. <laughs> I think it's Bob struggles with uh, mm. some yoga pants. And the thing about it is, he's not Mr. Universe. No. I mean, let's let's be honest. <laughs> trying not yeah, but he does have one big comb over, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm on a group text with him right now. We're trying to get him to come on and talk, but he keeps selling books to me. I told him the other day, I said, hey, you could sell your books on the podcast if you'll come on. And he just keeps sending me links to him sitting in front of the camera talking. It's pretty interesting. You know, speaking of yoga pants, have you guys ever seen Tim Hawkins' yoga pants song? I have not. Oh, my gosh. You guys got to look it up. <laughs> So I'm doing it in concert. One of my favorite. To, we Let's play, play it right here. <laughs> Let's play it. This may be the dumbest song I've ever written. It's pretty new, and uh, it's just about real life. So let's do it. My wife was out for three days to visit her mom. I was supposed to cook and clean while she was gone. Somehow she never buckles under all the demands I had to know her secret, I had to understand Well, I thought it might be coffee, but that gives her the shakes It might be soap operas, but she says they're too fake It's not the car she drives or what she puts in her hair I realized it's got to be something that she wears Yoga pants <laughs> She wears them all day Yoga pants hmm. At work and at play Yoga pants hmm. What's all the fuss? What makes them so special That they keep them from us? Yoga pants <laughs> Well 
Well, any normal person would leave it alone. But I'm not a normal person, and nobody was home. <laughs> wife was out of town and the kids were outside i went into the bedroom and decided i would try yoga pants so stretchy and thin yoga pants hmm. feels like my own skin yoga pants hmm. where you been all my life i've never done yoga but these make me wanna try yoga so soft and so sleek yoga pants feels good on my cheeks yoga pants these are the best if you're waiting for a video don't hold your breath <laughs> than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your hosts, JC, Nathan, and Brian, and we got Lois back in the studio with us today, Woo-hoo! live from the J Radio Studios. Lois, Nathan, and I are here in the J Radio Studios, and in his yoga pants in Danville, Virginia, it's Brian <laughs> Edwards. <laughs> hey, I got news. I got news for you. First of all, they shouldn't make yoga pants in my size, and second of all, if they did, I I don't hate anybody enough to make them see me in a pair of yoga pants. Well, Brian, I'm glad that you're in Danville if you do have yoga pants on and not here in the J Radio <laughs> not Studios. <a> chance. <laughs> Lois, it's good to see you again. Welcome back to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here with you guys again. Excited about this episode. We are going to get into a topic today that uh, is right up your alley. It's women in the IFB. Dun, dun, dun. Something that Brian, Nathan, and I can't talk about because we don't know about it. Not firsthand anyway, exactly. but I, I do think it's really cool that Bob Gray agreed to introduce our podcast title for us today. So. Oh. Namaste. <laughs> uh, can we talk about the difference in Bob Gray's video and Tim Hawkins' video? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Tim Hawkins made a joke about it. I mean, just like just now, JC, I mean, you're joking with me about wearing yoga pants. I'm not as offended. I mean, there's as much a chance as I'm ever going to put on a pair of yoga pants as Stephen Furtick's going to preach for John MacArthur. But <laughs> it's just never going to happen. But, but you know. That's yeah, your uh, greatest joke uh, ever on this podcast. <laughs> really? We need to retweet that we, one. Well, you need to say that. Yeah. Come on, man. Y'all, y'all rip me all the time. Mm. Yeah, Bob Gray was just being so crass. Some of the things he was saying, you know, all three of us get called liberals. The things he was saying, we would never say in the pulpit. Am I right, Nathan? Would you ever get up 
and use the language that he just used to describe a woman in the pulpit? The answer to your question is no, but I wouldn't even say those things in the car when no one else is there to listen or to a buddy when no one else is around. Absolutely. You know, if my three daughters were in that service, you know, I think I'd have to meet him in the parking lot afterwards. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to stop there. But I think I think he'd get ugly fast. That, so let's catalog. Wrong. Let's catalog all the things he said. He was making fun of women's weight. He was making fun of the female anatomy. He was giving guys that lust after females and out because of what mm. women wear. OK, can I just pop in here and say women were to blame for yeah. the majority of what was going on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. You know, not even a thinly veiled inference. He's absolutely right. saying that. I mean, you asked during the video, where's all the women during this? Why aren't right. they saying anything? It was just men hooping and hollering. Well, they're not saying anything because they're not allowed to say anything mm. in church. Mm. I didn't just Yeah, you know, it's just so <laughs> sad because every woman in that room should be offended. And every husband in that room should be offended that a man is talking toward his wife or either to his wife in that way. Uh, that is completely, totally, absolutely wrong. It offended me, and I wasn't even in the service. Thank God I would never be in a Bob Gray service. That was incredibly offensive. Yeah, and it's not like we don't have a sense of humor. I love humor, and right. we can roast anybody, but that is just offensive. I think it gets really offensive because these guys, there's a lot of blame, and I've heard this my whole life, there's a lot of blame put on the women. The girls, the way that they dress, the way that they walk. I mean, things like this. I'm saying this morning, this or this. Satan wants you to take a wrong step. Oh, be careful about that girl. Uh, When she walks, she wiggles everywhere. Hello. You ever see them? I mean, boy, they wear stuff so tight. There's nothing left open to the human imagination. And when they wiggle, when they walk, they wiggle. It's like there's something loose back here. Uh, years ago, there was a preacher friend of mine. He was in the grocery store. And uh, there was this lady. She had these real tight, I'm talking about real tight pants on. He said, I don't know how she got in them, but she'll never get out. Man, she was walking. looked like two bulldogs fighting in the back. And all of a sudden, he grabbed himself a handful of preacher, preacher smaller than he was, threw him to the ground. And the preacher looked up and said, what are you doing? Why'd you throw me down? He said, she's about to explode and I didn't want you to get killed. <laughs> Girls, be careful what you wear that you don't draw the eyes of a boy in the way you should not draw the eyes of a boy. Did I see the congregation there is teenagers. teenagers? Yeah, it's a youth rally. So I have to be honest with you. There's sometimes where I hear these clips and stuff, and and it makes me laugh. Mm. Um, my dad used to use a term that used to drive me crazy, but as I've gotten older, I understand it. When I hear that; it grieves my spirit yeah. mm. for those young girls to be sitting and hearing that and feeling like they have no place to. Stop it mm-hmm. or question it mm-hmm. or, you know, and can I just say, why are we always not we? Why are they always some of those guys? Because not all IFB guys do no, that. OK, because no. mm-hmm. but why why are those guys that do that? It, it's like a it's like the same record 
Like I've heard that same illustration preached or spoken by somebody else. It's just the same record. And why are they so obsessed with it? I think they're creatures of habit and they're used to the one that we've talked about on here. A lot of these guys that are preaching say we preach the way we do because there's a man named Jack Kyles that preached the way he did. And I mean, this is, this is him back years ago saying something very similar. Who slew all of these women in shorts? Who slew all of these, these poor kids that are the girls pregnant before they married? Caused boys to get so uh, stirred up passionately that they rape a girl. Brother, you listen to me. For every single man that goes to prison for rape, there ought to be right beside him a half-naked girl in the next cell. Mm. Who slew all these people on beaches? Who slew all these churches that have big swimming parties? So the biggest problem with both of those sermon clips to me is the fact that everything they're referring to deals with what's on the outside, right? It's the girl who's causing the guy to lust. It's the mixed swimming party. That's the problem. It's the beaches. That's the problem. And I'm not excusing what we would all consider to be inappropriate dress. At the same time, I believe a man named Jesus, if these guys would ever pick up a Bible and actually read the words of Jesus, Mm. I believe it was Jesus who said that lust comes out of the heart. It's not what goes into a person that defiles a person, but it's what comes out of the person that lust and sexual immorality and murder Mm -hmm. and all that's in the heart. The reason young boys lust is because they have a sin nature that is in them and young men and old men and young women and old women. We all have a depraved sin nature Mm -hmm. and only Jesus can cure that. Yeah. And sitting in the studio here with you, Lois, I can tell (laughs) that it more than grieved you. It really, really, really bothers you. And I can say as a dad, as a husband, as a son of an awesome mother, it truly bothers me. I'm like you. Sometimes at night I'll lay there and watch them and laugh. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I just want to throw my phone across the room or drive to where these people are at and have a conversation with them. So tell us what's going on in your mind and your spirit listening to this junk. Hmm. So out of the abundance of the heart, a man speaks. Yeah. Make sure I'm not taking that verse out of context. Nope. To tag what what Brian said. If the way that I dress is the blame for a man choosing to assault me and it's my fault that he's done that, where does that stop? Hmm. Like, where does that stop? Like, it's always... It's somebody else's fault. So there's never any responsibility for that. You know, what about child abuse? It's the five-year-old's fault because she did A, B, and C. And so I couldn't help myself but to beat her. I know that's a really harsh analogy, Mm -hmm. but where does the personal responsibility come? 
Well, I don't think there is any personal responsibility. Let's take an issue that's happening right now. Jack Scott is sitting in prison mm. for molesting a, a, a young girl's sexual relationships right. with a underage girl. He has asked for his sentence to be reduced. He's serving, what, 12 years, I believe it is. And he's asking, he served, what, five, six years of that. And he's asking for his sentence to be reduced because she was the problem. She was the reason that he had sex with her. She was the reason that he took her across state lines and had sexual relations with an underage girl. He has turned the whole tables where it's off of him now and it's on this girl. And so he's trying to get his sentence reduced. However, I think the DA threw it out and said, no, this is all on you, buddy boy. Yeah, and David Howells now is being sued again for his actions in molesting a girl and raping a girl in his youth group. And this, these things are just nonstop. They're ongoing. And this was under the man who was talking a minute ago, under Jack Howell's watch. These things are happening. So, and, and, and as I read the Bible, I don't find the whole victim mentality in there. God tells us that we're responsible for our actions, not for somebody else's actions. Right. Right. Are we surprised that there are all these scandals when when this is the mentality? You know, I heard uh, a little while back, and it, Nathan and I had one of those moments, you know, that you had. I wanted to get up and just break my television. Uh, it was one of those documentary-type programs, investigative programs. And there was a pedophile who was talking about the fact that young girls, and we're talking about five- and six-year-olds, behave sexually because of the way they crawl on a man. That's the same type message we just heard. Mm. Mm. Okay. Did you guys hear what just happened? Brian, after you finished, there was silence Mm. in the room, all four of us. That should say something to the gravity of the situation. Yeah, it's dark. It's it's evil. What what these guys are doing in the pulpit and justifying themselves and justifying other men, there's just no other word for it than evil because it feeds that machine. It feeds the abuse and the abuse culture. And I think if one thing, you know, Preacher Boys Doc, they are exposing a lot of this stuff right. to the light. The thing that's really just made me absolutely sick over these last six, seven months is how these guys, it will come out that they have done this, but how there are IFB churches that are sweeping things under the rug and repositioning people all over the country, giving them positions of authority, but they're hiding what they have done and they're just until it comes out. And it's like they're, they'll move somebody from Indiana to Nebraska or Nebraska to Florida, or Florida to Mississippi or Maryland. And it's like a big cover up. It's like that's the church's problem to worry about, and we're going to handle that. But because these people are in prominence or authority, we can't let this junk come out. Well, you have to love an independent fundamental preacher by the name of Pastor Neil, who set up a camera in the baptistry dressing room. And so we know he did that. And then now he's still pastoring an independent fundamental church, standing up and still blessing girls out for the way they dress. And there are people actually sitting in the audience. What kind of culture does that? What kind of culture allows that? Lois, I rejoice that my daughters, not for a moment, have ever sat under any of that. Yeah. I'm so thankful that there is an innocence 
about my daughters, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, they, they talk about the girls wearing pants, the girls wearing shorts, the girls going to public school. My oldest daughter did all of those. And the day before her wedding, she let her mom and I know that she had kept her commitment to stay pure in every single way, which means wearing jeans is not the problem. Wearing Mm -hmm. shorts is not the problem. Going to a public school is not the problem. And so I'm grateful to God. And and by the way, I, I don't even play those clips often in front of my children. And I they're they're grown girls now. I don't even want them to know that crap exists. Right. Right. And I think we're probably gonna take some heat for this one. Just quite honestly. Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, it's not just in the IFB. And we know that. Yeah. It is in several denominations. It's in the denomination that I just came from, where people have been moved around, mm-hmm. you know, non non-disclosure agreements left and right. The thing is, we shouldn't be hearing from the pulpit constantly. And I'm going to get ragged for this. They'll probably call me a feminist, <laughs> which I'm not. We shouldn't continue to hear from the pulpit that it is the female's fault when a man stumbles. It's not right. It's not biblical. Yeah, That's never not, okay. It's never okay. And here's the thing. When I, when I talk about recovering, we have two sons, two daughters. I have a beautiful daughter-in-law. We got a son-in-law soon to be in October. I didn't always do things right as a mom with my daughters. As far as that, because I was still kind of coming out and it's not like I just want my girls to just do whatever, but um, they they have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Mm. I'm tired of people thinking that the people that are sitting in their congregation don't look at the word for themselves. Mm -hmm. The word is alive every time you open it. It it's not that it changes, but it can speak truth in different ways in the different phases of your life. So yes, for the edification of the saints, we should be together. We should gather together. We should hear preaching from God's word and the word of God spoken. I believe in all of that. I believe in the body of Christ inside the church. I do. I love all of that. But you know what? I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. When Jesus died on the cross, When he raised from the dead, when he sent the Holy Spirit, when I accepted Christ as my Savior, the same power that raised him from the dead now is inside of me. Mm -hmm. It's now inside of everyone who is a believer. So the truth of the matter is, it's not like someone in the pulpit, and I say that carefully because my husband's a preacher, Mm. has more of a tie to God than I do. Wait a minute. Isn't that why... Isn't that why we had the Reformation and isn't that why we went through it, you know, and Martin Luther did what he did and we're not supposed to have a priest because in Christ we can approach the throne of grace on our own? There's one mediator between God and man, man the, the man, man Christ, Christ Jesus, Jesus, not the man of God. Yeah, and I remember a conversation I had recently with one of our listeners, Diana Spurgeon, and she was talking about the fact Spurgeon, that what a she, great name. Awesome name. 
and her husband's a pastor, so uh, Justin Spurgeon. So we had a conversation, and she was talking about the fact that she was raised to think and even believe this, I believe, into her adulthood, that she had to go to a man or her husband or her pastor to know what the Bible meant, that she couldn't study that for herself, that... Mm. That's called secondhand spirituality, and it is not biblical. And I didn't know that until I was an adult. I didn't know that until I went through my first Bible study. It's not like I looked to Bobby for everything spiritually. I just kind of rested on the fact that we were in the ministry together, and I was raised in the ministry, and I've been there, done that, and I've traveled everywhere, and the princess wave as you go down the aisle as one of the staff wives, you know, no. First lady. For, well, I haven't been a first lady. Uh-huh. Just, I've been a second, second lady. And I really don't know how we get to this point if we are studying the Bible as pastors. I mean, let's go back to the Old Testament. We mentioned uh, the Imago Dei right. being made in God's image, and women are equal image bearers mm-hmm. of God. But then you have judges who are women, Deborah, mm-hmm. you have women who are prophetess, mm-hmm. you have women in the line of Christ, mm-hmm. you have women in the New Testament that are serving as deacons, prophetess in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So how do we get to the point today where we're trying to communicate primarily to women what they can't do rather than what they've been created to do in Christ? How do we get to the point to where nobody can do anything? I'll go on record right now saying we have a woman deacon in our church. Her and her husband serve as deacons, and it's biblical. Look at Romans chapter 16 and other places in Scripture where women are elevated to use their gifts. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know how we get to this point. Yeah. Well, that same sermon that I heard before on Mother's Day that made me cry, also that same pastor, Jerry Taylor, spoke about how we got there. And he walked through that the way that Jesus treated women and then the way that things kept being added, it was all added by man. It was all added by Pharisees and power and this and that. And Jesus didn't treat women that way. Mm -hmm. He never treated women that way. Just like they added to the law, they added to the law, then they added all these other things. And it's it's tradition mm, of it. man. It is not biblically based. We are created differently and we do have we do have different personalities. Um and God gave those to us. It's not like my personality or your personality um isn't the right one. Mm-hmm. Now, I got that feeling years ago. We did not build each other up and edify each other in their strengths, we judged and made fun of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But all of this, like we talked about, this is, to me, this is such a beautiful passage. And I love the paraphrase of the message in Colossians chapter 3. And I have read this over women, <laughs> over girls. I would have loved for someone to have read this over me when I was struggling with some of those th- same thought processes that I'm, I'm not a quiet person. You know, I'm demonstrative. That's I'm a sanguine. And I felt like for a long time, because I was those things, I was not submissive to my husband mm-hmm. because I was those things. I was not the woman that I needed to be. But I love this starting verse 12 in this paraphrase. So chosen by God, 
for this new life of love. So when we come to Christ, we're chosen for a new life of love. Where is that message from the pulpit regarding women and who they are and who they can be in Christ? Dress in the wardrobe that God picked out for you. Okay, we're going to talk about clothing. We're going to talk about outside appearance as opposed to the change in the heart. He picked out for you compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place. Mm. Now, we could do a whole episode (laughs) on being second chair. Anyway, okay, let me get back to what I was saying. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It is your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Put on love. Put on love. I think that probably goes more to some of those clips we were hearing earlier as women were being degraded from the pulpit. Christ is reminding us and in, in, in through the writings of Paul to the church of Colossae, put on love. Mm. No matter what else you do, put on love. Speak truth in love. Yeah, and I think the big accusation is that anyone who's not in the IFB, they're not preaching truth or they're not willing to listen to people preaching truth. And that is just not the truth. Since I've been out of the IFB, I have heard better preaching and stronger teaching that does convict me, that does confront me, but it's done in a loving way. It's done in an honest way, and it's done in a biblical way. Mm. The things that these guys are saying, man-made dress codes Mm -hmm. for women or men, but obviously Mm -hmm. it affects women more directly, they're not finding these things in the Bible It's their opinion. It's their authoritarian culture. It's what they want their church, and I say their church because it's their church, to look like, and it doesn't honor God. Well, you know, Jack Scopp and that story, you know, that JC shared a few moments ago, Jack Scopp and this underage girl, it proves that wearing skirts and bland clothing and and whatever the house dress model was, it proves that that doesn't limit the lustful heart of a man. Right. Mm. If this girl was a member of that church and she was a part of the inner circle, and it's my understanding that he was even taking her across state lines. So if she was traveling with him, you know she looked the part. You know her dresses came down to her ankles, and you know her blouses were loose-fitting, and, and I'm sure she was dressed very plain. And yet Jack Scott still demonstrated that he had a wicked, sinful mm-hmm. heart. So often the preaching is primarily on the exterior mm-hmm. and, and the interior sin, the driving force of the exterior is not dealt with. And, you know, Lois, tonight in the studio, you're dressed very modestly. It's, it's a reflection of your heart. It's not because... The guys from the RFP called you up and said, now, listen, when you come to our podcast, you need to be wearing this and you shouldn't be wearing this. And 
And Lois, you're going to be setting up in a high chair, so you need to come prepared because it'll be your fault if you cause any of us or leading of us to lust. No, you came dressed very modestly tonight because it's a reflection of your heart. Hmm. And and so often the exterior issues become the primary issue mm-hmm. when the heart issue should be the primary issue. And so this young girl that Jack Scott committed this sin with, how she was dressed, who she was, what she looked like, wasn't the primary issue. The primary issue was there was a monster of a man mm. standing behind a pulpit That's it. and an underage girl for him looked like a great opportunity mm. and he could mold her and make her mm. into who he wanted her to be. He could lead her astray and even use his title as the man of God mm. to convince her that she was doing a great thing for the man of God. And so we have to deal with the heart. Her dress didn't matter. Jack Scott proved that. Yeah. And you just said to shape her and mold her. Yet, when I was listening to the podcast wars a few weeks ago, mm. the guys were saying and just breezed over the the spiritual, the emotional and verbal and mental scriptural abuse and just like it wasn't happening. Let me tell you something. Yeah. When you put yourself in a place of authority to the point where that kid who comes under your preaching, who listens to you more than she does her dad, because you have used manipulative, mm. narcissistic, gaslighting language to the point where she is psychologically willing to go with you and think she's doing right. How are you any different than these cults out in Utah where Jeff, whatever his name Mm. is, is in jail? Yeah. It's no different. Yeah. It is no different. And, and the thing is, I'm so, Oh, I'm Mm. so tired of stuff like this getting swept under the rug. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I have some people very close to me who were mentally and emotionally manipulated to sexual abuse, who were in positions of authority as youth pastors, as camp leaders. Let me tell you something. It takes a long, long time to recover from those things. So don't sit here and tell me that there's no mental, spiritual, emotional, scriptural not scriptural, but taking the scripture out of context, abuse going on in some of these churches, not all of these churches, but some of these churches it's, and, and the thing is, it is stereotypically women, young girls, but there's a lot of young men who have dealt with the same thing. A lot of young men. So I have to ask you, how did it feel to be a young girl sitting in a room where you're being preached at in that way, how did it feel to be a young girl having to wear the clothes you wore? How did it feel to go to the ski slope and have to put on a skirt with ski bibs under your skirt? Can you, can you talk that out? How did it feel to wear those culottes that you mentioned last time with, you know, the drapery in the front, and in the back. Can you can you please share that with me? Brian, can I tell you there's no cussing allowed on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and you just said culottes. <laughs> Got him. Um so because I was traveling with my with my family during the summers, you know, that I 
and I've told them this, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but man, side note, by the time I was 20 years old, I'd been to like 44, 46 states. I'd been to Mexico. I'd been to Canada. I'd been to Europe twice with my, with my family. Um, so I'm, you know, just wonderful things like that. But on the flip side of the coin, those culottes, <laughs> when I bought my first pair of jeans, I felt so guilty. I had them shoved in the bottom drawer and I felt so guilty that I was this rebellious, horrible kid. Well, when you feel, when you see your other friends, because I think that's when it really started hitting me. I have friends who, whose parents went to church, who love the Lord and their girls got to wear pants and, and that kind of thing. So when I wanted to do that, when I desired to do that, then it made me feel like I was rebellious and I was not a good, good kid, good daughter. Plus, it just it really kind of made me mad sitting in the pew. Like some of my favorite preachers that came through, I adore Dr. Fred Brown. I'm named after his wife, Donella. That's my middle name. Mm. When I heard preachers like that um, come through when I was in school, man, I learned so much from them. I learned so much from um, Dr. Don Jennings. He came my my junior or senior year of college, and I literally heard expository preaching for the first time in my life. Mm. I loved all that. So as I learned more, then I realized more and more how surfacy all that was. And it just really made me feel like if there was ever anything um, – where somebody was paying attention to me or this or that uh, felt like it was my fault. Yeah. You know, my fault. And this is definitely an issue that needs to be dealt with. And it's so prevalent even today. But two of the things I've always wanted to ask and, and talk to pastors that are preaching in this way from the pulpit and dealing with these issues this way. The first thing is why don't you give equal time to men's issues? Mm. Like, why are you you up there yelling at women with, you really don't even know what they're going through. You don't even know their struggles. You, you, I really wonder if a man can truly shepherd and pastor a woman's heart in especially ways that deal specifically with discipleship issues like this. And then they just let the guys get off the hook and let them play the victim and give them excuses. So... I want to know why they're not giving equal time to men's issues. I also think this is really a deeper issue. First of all, for pastors that feel compelled to bang this over and over and over and, and beat this drum, for women in the church, this is a discipleship issue. Yeah. You know, we should talk about how we dress. We should talk about how we honor God with our temple, with the body. That That's okay, that's legitimate. Let's talk about that. But that's a discipleship issue. Boys should be discipled. Girls should be discipled by women, by their mothers primarily, but also by Sunday school teachers or small group leaders or youth group leaders or youth pastors, whatever. In love, not In railed, love, yeah. not railed at. It's, yeah, it's a discipleship issue. And also, my heart breaks for the visitors who come to these churches and women who are not believers are railed at 
by men who are standing in this position of authority and belittling these people who need to hear the gospel, who need to hear about God's love, who need to hear about how Christ loved the prostitute and forgave mm. her when everybody else was throwing stones. Mm. What they're experiencing are stones being thrown at them in a church that's supposedly representing Christ and has the name of Christian. And so I've, I've got a real big issue with how people deal with this. Yes, we can talk about a lot of different discipleship issues, but one, how we deal with it and the attitude that we deal with it. It, it needs mm. to come from a position of love and respect, not a position of, oh, I'm better than you and I'm here to fix you. The first thing I respond to, any of us, any of us, whether you're preaching, whether I'm teaching, whatever, any of us can in a moment, step outside of the Holy Spirit's leading mm. and start into something that is our opinion, mm. right? So earlier in one of those clips, what is he doing in that moment, the man who stands in the pulpit and rails constantly about what a woman is wearing and how she walks in this? What is he doing in that moment? Show me where in Scripture he is edifying the mm. saints, or he is speaking truth in love for the building up of believers. And if we're going to do that, like you said, why isn't he talking about his own struggles? Why isn't he being transparent enough to say, you know what? Because what does that do? That takes him from that hierarchy, man mm. of God position mm -hmm. and allows other people to have priesthood of believers, which, hmm. you know, already says that in Scripture. One of the major issues on this topic is pastors and churches are really minoring on the majors and majoring on the minors. And that's we've heard that a lot. Right. But it's it, it, if the shoe fits, wear it. We need to keep the gospel central. We need to keep the love of God central. And we need to disciple people in the way that the Bible prescribes. We don't get to just choose how we do this thing called discipleship, because right. as, as pastors and even just as disciples who aren't in the ministry, we're called to make disciples. Right. You know, I was teaching before and, you know, Nathan, you were in in my classroom and I and I was I was a maverick. If a female can be a maverick <laughs> in a situation, I was, you know, and I respect the, the people that I worked with and that I worked for. But I was a maverick because I didn't. As I began to grow, as I began to grow, I didn't think the way that some of them thought or at least touted that they thought mm. because that what you were supposed to do. I had the crazy notion that our spiritual growth in Christ came from inside out, yeah. not from appearance based outside in. Let me share with you something one of my one of my friends said to me just recently, because I was talking to her about coming on the show. And she said it was performance-based. Um, she got called out on her way out of a chapel service about her dress that her mom had bought her. It had a slit in it. Mom sewed it up to where the slit was sewn past the knee. And she was brought over to the side. And what was said to her was, what you're wearing, why are you causing the young men at our school to stumble? Mm -hmm. That's what was said to her. 
and she she mentioned something else and she said, you know, there were some. I mean, I had some teachers that took the time to get to know me, but stereotypically, some people that she said, don't take the time to get to know you. Mm. Don't take the time to find out what's going on at home. Don't take the time to hear your heart and to be able to love on you. Just tell you how your dressing is not proper. Mm. The way you're speaking is not proper. You are causing young men to stumble. And this is. This is something that's been touted for years, Mm. that it is the female's fault for those things happening. Lois, as we're wrapping up this episode, would you briefly hit on a couple of these areas? So we have a lot of ladies that listen to this podcast, a lot of pastor's wives, a lot of ladies who have been uh, hurt from things just like you mentioned uh, while they were at a Bible school or have been in a camp meeting or something their pastor has done to them. There's Mm. a lot of hurt. Mm. There are a lot of women Mm. who listen to this podcast that write in, uh, some that are stuck in abusive relationships Mm. where their husband is the pastor, and they're Mm. asking our opinion on, what do I do next? How do I get out of this? Do I stay in this? Mm. Um, There's a lot of ladies that have stayed in relationships that are abusive mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Um, Would you hit in four areas, and I'll ask you these four separately and just hit on them briefly. But what would you say to that lady that's listening right now that's stuck in an abusive culture, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, one of those four? What would you say to her right now? I can tell you what I wouldn't say, Mm. but I won't go there. (laughs) No, do it. Do it. I heard a preacher that will not be named once give advice to a woman to submit to her husband and stay hmm. stay in the marriage and just pray for him. I think that happens more than we know. Right. Yeah. Now, I am I I don't like divorce. I'm very thankful that my husband's put up with me for 31 <laughs> years. Um several years ago, a former pastor of mine whom I love dearly, he preached about this in the most beautiful way that I had ever heard. And he just said when a husband is abusive physically, emotionally, you know, and he continues and he will not seek counsel and he will not do what God's called him to do. Um, and I'm sure that I'm not quoting everything and I'm probably going to, you know, well, where's the scripture on that? I'm sure I'll hear that. <laughs> but he said when a man does that continually to his wife, he has already abandoned mm-hmm their vows he has it's abandonment he Mm. has abandoned their vows and um if he's not going to get help then she's got to get help you can't you can't stay in an abusive relationship you can't stay in a physically abusive relationship Mm. at all you can't your life depends on it so what about the ladies that are stuck in this ifb culture that aren't being abused but they want to find freedom in christ hmm I think you mentioned this verse earlier or in one of the other episodes, you know, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Mm -hmm. She's not being abused by her husband. You know, she is in a situation. I think it goes back a little bit to the secondhand spirituality. Mm -hmm. I believe that you can honor your husband, but you need to be digging into the word for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then if, if we are in this relationship with 
our spouse and Christ. When my dad preached our vows, he talked about it being a triangle with the three of us. And you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Then you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and you ask the Lord to prepare your husband's heart Mm -hmm. for you to sit down with him in a loving way and say, this is this is what's on my heart. I feel like this is what the Lord is telling me because you can have that conversation. But again, let me just reiterate, we're not talking about a woman who's in an abusive relationship because if you're in an abusive relationship and you, you go to your, the elders of your church, you go to the pastor and nobody's listening, then you find somebody who is biblically based, who is, a healthy therapist and and you you get a way out yeah. because you need to be gone. So Lois, what would you say to women who are bitter or who have walked away <laughs> from the church or God or Christ or their faith? Mm. Because of because of the environment that they were in in a church like yeah. that. Yeah. Wow, there are so many. It makes me sad. Because Jesus, Jesus loves you. He is for you. Even though some of the men in your life, the people in your life that are supposed to be speaking life into you have not, your heavenly father loves you. Your heavenly father still wants you near him. And I know that it is hard when you have been hurt in that situation, you have walked away from your faith. My heart would be just to just say, if you can just try, try to let your heart be open. Let the Lord heal the bitterness. Let the Lord heal the emotional and spiritual abuse. Let him wrap you in his arms so tight that you can almost tangibly feel it and realize that the men in your life that were supposed to be like Christ and treat you like Christ loves the church know that he is still the same yesterday, today, mm. and forever. Yes. He is still God. Yeah. He is still a good God. He still loves you. Mm. It's hard, but don't let those earthly relationships steal you of your relationship with your father. And I would say... Because a lot of people, when things happen to them, uh, spiritual abuse, things happen, they blame God. I was just talking to a young lady this past week, and she told me, I was just angry at God. And ironically enough, she grew up in an IFB church. That's a, that's a whole other story. And I just, I would say, what happened to you is not okay. What happened to you was wrong. What happened to you, God is not pleased with. This was not his plan. He did not make this happen. When Adam and Eve chose to sin and it brought sin into the world, man, we are unfortunately still reaping the benefits of that. But that was not what God wanted to happen to you. And he loves you. He adores you. and, And when you were in that, when you were right in the middle of that, as hard as it is to think this way, 
He was right there grieving along with you while you were walking through that. So Lois, I think sometimes women feel like church culture is chauvinistic. Now, we know that, you know, earlier we talked about the humility and, and of course, Peter was saying some women, they're spending everything on the externals. They, they only care about the external. What truly matters is the internal. What do you believe are the right practices or the right pursuits for a woman who wants to be a godly woman with a heart for God, with an affectionate relationship for Jesus, uh, a woman who is impacting the lives of other women. Hmm. Can I tell you, Brian, I'm still on this journey. Hmm. You know, I'll be on this journey until we get to heaven. Don't discount your personal relationship with the Lord by, by not opening up his word and letting it speak to you. I think that, the switch for me was when I really began to dig into the word for myself and let it speak to me because you can open up the same passage three times. Now the passage doesn't change, but if the word of God is active and alive, then God's word is continually speaking. Right. I think one of the things that helped me really begin to grow. And it was, you know, 18 years ago when we moved to the next ministry that the, that the Lord had us in. And I want to say this, we, my husband has always considered me a partner in ministry with him. Mm. Always, always. He's always been that that man that, you know, allows the input and just us partnering in ministry. We have been, you know, partners in ministry the whole time. Um, I would say that the thing that began to turn the tide for me, really began to turn the tide for me, was when I stepped into women's Bible study with a trusted teacher. Um you know, because growing up, like precept and all that, which is K. Arthur, and I love that, you know, that was not, she was, she was not well tolerated in some circles. And I'm so thankful for her and her stand. So I would say to be in a women's Bible study, that is truly Bible study. I'm not talking about just, you're going to get in a room and complain about everything that's going on in a Bible study. And and doing a small group, doing life. This is what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to do life with each other. We're not supposed to come to church with our mask on. <laughs> no pun intended. We are supposed to come to church with our mask on right now if you're open. Coronavirus. But we literally, all these people complaining about masks. Let me tell you something. There have been more masks on Sunday morning throughout history than there ever has been in the mm. last few months. So you've got to find people to do life with that you trust, that you can be in, and that are going to speak into you from God's word. I think that's so super important. Plus, one of the things that Bobby's always done, if there was a girl in our student ministry 
that was struggling with something, he would bring me in. Mm-hmm. Okay. For a couple of reasons. One, because he was in student ministry and you need to be careful. Two, he would say, you know better yeah. how to pour into her mm-hmm. about this particular situation than I do. Yeah. But I, I think women teaching women, I think women meeting with women, having prayer. We've got so many strong – I'm so thankful we have so many strong women who are digging into the Word and writing Bible studies and just impacting my life. Along the lines of what you just talked about, I know all three of us can speak for that. I mean, I know my wife is an integral part of my ministry, and mm-hmm. it's not my ministry. It's ours because God called us. We got married. We moved clear across to Utah and back, and God speaking through her helped me make those decisions. You know, God's will is practical. It's never mystical. And, right. you know, talking through that, you know, practicality is my wife. That's a help meet. It's not mm. you do this, woman. You go there. You follow me. It's what do you think, babe? Is this where we're going together, you know? And yeah. being in student ministry for all these years, what you just said is so true because there's there's issues I cannot speak into right. that she's able to. And that's a help me. That's that's somebody right there that fulfills and continues. That's a partnership. That's equal. Right. That's doing ministry together. And you know, we we know that we have a lot of listeners that have stories to share. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been tons, Lois, shared since we started this in January. Pastors' mm-hmm. wives, evangelist wives, uh, yeah. ladies that are part of the IFB, ladies that have been abused mentally, physically, spiritually, Mm. emotionally, you name it. We've seen those stories, and a lot of them we're able to help. We've responded back as well as we can, and I know that there's still some that maybe even listening to this episode that Mm. would want to write in and share that story, and I know, just know in your heart that you would be there to help them and to respond to them, and we want to let you know if you're listening, we would love to hear your story. We want to be here for you. Part of the reason we started this podcast is to help, to encourage, and to challenge, and we want to be here to give help and hope to you that are hurting. You can go to the recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the story tab, and you can send a story in. It doesn't have to go public. You can do that just for the host. We'll add Lois in on that and just put, hey, Lois, this is for you on the title line or something like that. And Lois can get in touch with you and uh, and help out and respond to that. And also, I don't even have to say this, but you guys know from our last two episodes that Lois is a phenomenal speaker. She loves the Lord. And she loves the Word of God. And Lois, you still travel and speak, right? I do. I haven't been doing as much, but I do. It's what I'm wired for. You're very gifted at it. And I think a lot of our people that are listening, maybe their churches, maybe their discipleship ministries can get in touch with you. And I would love to see you connected with some of our listeners because God has gifted you in some incredible ways. And we want to empower that and encourage that. Thanks. I'll tell you one of my favorite things that I get to do right now since um, in the last two and a half years, we have a a safe house slash rehab house, um, coastal women's rehab in, in our town. And I have the privilege of once a week going and sitting down with these girls who have been through more in the first you know, 20, 30 years of their life than some people have been. And I get it. I get the opportunity to sit down with these girls. That's and, awesome. and I'll just tell you, the first time I was like, I had my Lisa Turker study already because yeah. I love me some Lisa <laughs> and, and her being transparent about her her walk. And it was the night before and I was going to do, you know, one of Lisa's studies. And I love you, Lisa. So this is not uh, about that. And the Lord stopped me in my tracks. And he said, girl, this is not your church women's Bible study. Hmm. 
you're going to have to walk in there and love on them and listen. And I have learned so much from these girls in the last few years, in the last year that I've been Mm. teaching them. And, um, and you can see them growing and learning to love the Lord, even though the people in their lives didn't love them. So, yeah. If you want to connect with her, you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Are you on all of those platforms? I am. All right. You I'm can... kind of a silent Twitter person. Are you a retweeter you know? like Nate? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. But, you know, like I'll say something like I think is, wow, this is really good. This is really profound. And then in the background. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that it. was awesome. I can do it. Hey, so we'd love for you to get connected with her if you'd like to talk. Hey, and Justin Knight, Brian, Nate, I don't know if we've talked about this, but Justin is working on something for the website right now where there's going to be a opportunity that they can book us to come and speak at an event together or individually, you know, as our schedules are opening up. And so that's something that's coming on the recoveringfundamentalist.org as we continue to grow. We'd love to be able to get out and travel more and speak to your event or men's prayer breakfast or your camp meeting. I mean, hey, Brian's love offering is really little that he needs to get into that camp meeting. So you can check all that out by going to the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors. We have not thanked them up to this point. Free Life Soap. Lois is smelling her soap right now. Which one is that? It is California Coast, which is awesome because I live on the coast. Lois, could you give us a woman's touch on how amazing the soap is? Hmm. Well, it smells good. That's a start. It is. Um, it's beautiful the way that it's set up. Aesthetically pleasing. It, yeah. Thank you. Because because yes. <laughs> I wasn't coming up with that. Oh, you know, and I do have a lot of friends that are into like the total. So this is like vegan free, like friendly paraben, all that stuff that. You know, all the girls read in the articles. Yeah. It's not good for your skin. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm totally it using smells this good, one. and it's so beautiful. When I stand there, and wash my hands. I'm enamored by the beauty of the bar of soap that <laughs> I can't get past it. And I'm like, mm, free life soap is so delicious. <laughs> I am, oh, that was I am, so bad. Thank I'm you. So frightened right now. <laughs> hey, free life soap. We love them here at the RFP. You can go to the recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the RFP button, get use the promo code RFP, and get ten percent off your order today we also want to thank our patrons from patreon for being part of the ministry here and j radio for being the studio where we get to record each and every week you don't get just incredible equipment like this and uh, we just love that we have partnered with j radio look them up today go to jradio.com download the app that just came out on iphone and android it's jradio.com guys it's been a great episode today. Lois, it's been great to have you on the episode today. Looking forward to having you back real soon. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. It's been great. And Nathan, I, I wanted to say something to you earlier and didn't get a chance to, so I'm going to I'm gonna say it now. Um, you know, we are recovering, right? And we're all at different points in our journey. And um, I have just really enjoyed hearing you guys and, and hearing your stories and your journey and, and then having you pour into all... Mm all of us. Um, Nate, in high school, you checked me on something. And I don't know if you remember this, but you walked right into my room. I had said something to a young lady that you were dating regarding you. And you walked in that room and you checked me. And, And you should have, because it was a judgmental statement. It wasn't getting to know you and getting to know your heart. 
So two things. One, I apologize for that. And two, this is what grace is, mm. right, about and, and continuing to learn. So thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me be with you. And thanks for asking the tough questions, Brian. I love those. <laughs> Thank and you just so to, much. And just to tell you, you were most likely right about whatever you said back then. <laughs> he, he does still have body odor. So. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to Free Life Soap, Come I'm on. working on that. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here with us today on the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We'll see you back here next time. Y'all have a great week. Be sweet. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. <laughs>